0: You do the pleasure Hi there I want to talk to you about ducks No thanks What about I don't want to go I don't want to go All right Now that's a good idea Okay, let's go Give me that door please. Oh, it's a door What was you thinking about A plate of shrimp okay. Suddenly somebody will say like Plate or shrimp Or plate of shrimp Out of the blue, No explanation No point Look at one. It's all part of Cosmic unconsciousness. Oh, yeah, Come out I asked
1: better Just gonna I don't make monkeys, I just trade them, peewee. Listen to reason! Come on! Listen to reason. Hello and welcome to the Colt Film Companion Podcast, the home of movies that are off, under, and ahead of the cinematic radar. My name is Chris, I am your host, and I have a very special returning guest joining me for a movie this week that I'm very excited about. But before we get into my guest and into the movie of the week, I just want to remind everyone that the Cult Film Film Companion Podcast is now available on all major podcast platforms. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at cultfilmcomp.com. C-U-L-T-F-I-L-M-C-O-M-P. And please check us and all the other fine creators out at BlindKnowledge.com, www.BlindKnowledge.com, which is a great website for podcasts and videocasts from all around the world that cover unique and quirky topics and present them to you in a very entertaining and informative fashion. Lots of good stuff over there at Blind Knowledge, so please do Give it a shot and I'm sure you'll find a show, if it's not ours, a show that will appeal to whatever may be your particular itch that you're looking to scratch. The Cult Film Companion Podcast is also a featured podcast on Newsly. Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android that picks up the latest trending articles based on topics that you choose to follow and then reads them for for you in a natural human voice. For the first time in the history of the web, the entire internet becomes listenable. Stop scrolling, start listening. Download and use Newsly for free today at www.newsly.me. And please use the promo code C-U-L-T-F-1-L-M. That's cult film. Drop the I, pop in a one, and enjoy a month free of Newsly's premium service courtesy of the Cult Film Companion podcast. And uh, please give the Cult Film Companion... A like, a review, a retweet, or just recommend us to a friend. Word of mouth is the best way of getting this show to more. Years, So, I appreciate everyone that's helped us out so far. Encourage all of you that do enjoy our show. It's just recommend us to friends. It, it does a great deal for the show and it allows us to keep putting out these episodes for everyone. And with all that hot dogging and grandstanding out of the way, I would like to welcome back to the show smash trivia john john welcome back to the show
0: hey i'm doing pretty good today how about you chris
1: i'm doing very very well thank you so uh, tell te- uh, reintroduce your show to my listeners i know that it's it you're you're mostly focusing on the hulk but uh, as of late you're gearing up for she hulk so uh what what's in store yeah. coming up for um for your show the gamma analysis
0: so, uh, oh, I have it uh, the past few weeks uh, as leading up to uh, She-Hulk. So, mostly it has not actually the last few weeks been Hulk content. Uh, and main thing, main uh, thing, I'm making sure every week to do uh, uh, leading up She-Hulk is every week I'm having uh, having some uh, um, female guests on to uh, on to highlight their voices. Uh, is, and I'm going to be. Every week of the She-Hulk series, I'm also going to be having female elves on to highlight their voices because so I think it's—I uh, think for a show like She-Hulk, where it's uh, their female uh, empowerment is a very important part of it. I think it's important to get a female's perspective on it and on uh, it, and not just uh, as. Me and my co-host Keith, uh, is, who are
1: both guys. Absolutely. I think that's a very, very wise way of tackling this issue. It's good on you for um, <laughs> acknowledging that because there's so many, uh, as as a white male, our opinions are uh, a dime a dozen. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> So but to, there's not enough female podcasters out there. No, there's not and and the the opportunity that you're giving these people is incredible. So uh, kudos to you for that the great great way of tackling the subject. I also I also love having female guests on my show because I think that their their perspectives and insights to movies are ones that are are not typically ones that I come up with, so I and not just oh, yeah. just females, but just other other guests having on the show, and that's why I'm very happy to have a big Marvel fan here to talk about a uh, little movie from 1989 that doesn't get a lot of talk. Uh, we are discussing Dolph Lundgren as the Punisher. Now, this movie was. Directed by Mark Goldblatt. It was written by Boaz Yakin, who has written a great deal of scripts and has also worked most recently as a producer for Eli Roth. This movie was released April 25th, 1991. It was given (laughs) a worldwide release, except for in the United States, Sweden, and South Africa. So this was a movie that I found in the video store. This was most definitely a video rental for me and as someone growing up as a comic book fan and as someone in the 90s who was finally old enough to rent some rated R movies, this was one that I rented a great deal. But this Not this bad. This was a first-time watch for you, right? You actually haven't seen yeah. a- any of the Punisher movies, have you?
0: Yeah, I've never seen any of the Punisher films. I've watched, like, uh, like maybe a couple episodes of the Punisher Netflix series, but that's about all I've done. Uh, and, but I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised with how much I enjoyed this film.
1: Now, this, <laughs> this movie, if I could compare it to any of the other Punisher projects, is more closely aligned with the movie Punisher war zone now before Punisher so after this movie we got um, I think it was in the early 2000s we've got we got a uh, Punisher movie starring Thomas Jane as the Punisher and John Travolta as the villain and in that movie we're, we're given a lot of backstory to Frank Castle as the Punisher and uh, what What leads him up to becoming the Punisher. Warzone is pretty much just... uh, I don't want to say it's a mindless action film, but there's there's very little story, lots and lots of action, lots and lots of violence, and then, of course, um, before the Punisher got his own series, he was introduced into Daredevil Season 2 on Netflix, which, um, for my money... Even better than the his solo series, I I think his, his interaction and his story in Daredevil season two is the best part of Daredevil season two. Daredevil Daredevil season two gets pretty convoluted with a lot a lot of stuff going on, um, but I really really liked the Punisher stuff now going back oh yeah
0: i, I remember uh, i remember watching uh, and just uh, and even though i don't i personally do not actually know a lot about the other than the fact that he is maybe a little bit slightly crazy and he's uh and um he's very willing to kill bad guys uh, i i really enjoyed uh, uh, John Bernthal's uh, uh, portrayal of him in uh, in Daredevil Season 2. So I've watched all of the Daredevil series.
1: So, yes. uh, John Bernthal does a really great job of humanizing the Punisher, (laughs) as did Thomas Jane, but they all have their their issues. Um, Just briefly before we get to the movie that we're talking about, my biggest issue with Thomas Jane's version of The Punisher and uh, John Travolta <laughs> is that uh, the Punisher throughout his career uh, well not his career but throughout his history as a comic book series was always based in New York City and that was just that was just like his stomping grounds. He was you know he worked there his family was killed there that's where that's where he, he that's where he hunted you know the villains and uh-huh. and in the thomas jane movie because john travolta is the the, the gangster that ends up killing his family we're, we're set in miami and i mean the movie is good but i think taking the punisher out of new york city it just it just doesn't work so well for me and I yeah, that's,
0: really, you know, that's really interesting because uh, uh, one of the only things I actually know about the uh, about the Thomas Jane Punisher is that there was actually a plan for him to, ha- have him to make a cameo appearance in the, uh, the I think it was Spider-Man 2 and um, though they weren't able to, to actually get Thomas Jane in New York for it they had his. Uh, they had his. Um, uh, his stunt double actually, uh, actually appear in it. Uh, air in it, um, just from the back. So it's like it's like where it's like, fans. If they want to say it's Punisher, they can. If they don't, they it's uh, um, it's just an uncredited cameo. And uh, uh, it it it's just surprising for me if it if the Punisher movie actually took place. In uh, in Miami, and they actually brought hit or play on brand from New York for a champion Spider
1: Man. <laughs> y- yeah, it's it's kind of um, it just it, that was the biggest thing that didn't really work for me. Other than that, I I actually thought that he did a pretty good job as the Punisher, and um, there's some really really good action. Warzone is just kind of like the closest thing that you'll get to opening up a random issue of the Punisher comic book. Lot, there's, a, there's, a, uh, there's a story, but it lasts the length of a comic book. Lots of good action. Lots of violence. Plus, um, the Punisher's biggest uh, known nemesis is uh, someone called Jigsaw, and uh jigsaw is featured prominently in warzone, which I, I I like. um they did kind of bring back uh a character as jigsaw in the Punisher series later on, but that it again, that series got a little too convoluted for me um as someone that kind of just likes the Punisher just to be this um, this vigilante that has um, that pretty much knows that the people that he's going up against are going to fight dirty. They're going to be using guns. They're oh, going to be using any weapon they can. They're willing to kill him, so he's willing to do whatever it takes to kill them. Which brings us to 1989's Punisher, which I really really like upon this fun. i remember loving this as a kid and i was a con- little worried that as an adult i was like is this really gonna <laughs> is this gonna hold up but to me he does a great job being the punisher Oh yeah, he's got this look right. he's got this look in his eyes as someone that doesn't care anymore and we get flashback we get flashbacks about what happened to his, about what happens to his family um the only thing that i i kind of have an issue with is that uh the the well-known backstory of the punisher and i think that the only version that actually follows through with this was the tv series was that the punisher uh his family was killed in central park because they um, they were witnesses um, in a ganglang style shooting so the um, the mafia went out of their way to kill they thought they killed Frank Castle but they did kill his family and that's what kind of set him over the edge with uh, becoming the Punisher
0: in- I feel like part of why they probably didn't have that in this, uh, this one is I feel like in the '80s, uh, it, and possibly in part too, are uh, because of the uh, a flop that was Howard the Duck, uh, uh, a lot of movie studios were um, less uh, uh, less willing to if they're going to do an adaptation of a of a Marvel com- uh, comic, less willing to actually like put in all the side characters, put in the villains, and they're from the comics. Like, uh, I I may be wrong, but I don't think any of the mobster villains that are in this are from the comics. Uh, not I think th- they're just generic ones.
1: Yeah, I, I but I... Like I said, the, the Punisher is someone that is not well known for having the same villains that he goes up against time and time again. Mm. As, you know, someone like Batman, we know the Joker, the Penguin, the Riddler, Two-Face, Spider-Man, like we could go on and on. We know what their rogues gallery is. Now, Mm. the Punisher is much more of, I would say that uh, his best, probably his best, I mean, again, given the, the, the nature of, of the, the way that he deals with crime and violence, he's very often an anti-hero. So just, you know, as often as he's fighting someone like Jigsaw or the Kingpin, which are his two biggest, I would say two biggest villains in the, in the Punisher universe, um, he's more often going up against the Mafia street crime, gangs, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But and then again, because of because of his tactics, there's also a lot of issues where he's he's fighting Spider-Man or he's fighting Daredevil because they don't approve yeah. of his of his tactics. So he's very much what you would say is an anti-hero. Um but in oh, yeah. in, in the Lundgren version, we do get flashbacks and it, it isn't his family is killed, but it isn't um, a gangland shooting in Central Park. It's actually a car bomb. And other than that, I like, there's not much changed about the Punisher, um, so much so, I guess the biggest thing that people say is, well, he doesn't have the big white skull on his shirt. Now... Mm-hmm. Part of me really, really kind of likes that because the Punisher doesn't seem like the kind of person. Mm-hmm. Like, I can see someone like Spider-Man when they're designing their out- outfit. Like, they want to have, like, this little spider insignia on their chest or Batman having the bat wings, like, on his chest. Um, to me, Frank Castle as the Punisher seems like someone that, Kind of gets out of bed. I don't even know if this guy gets out of bed. First of all, we should notice that he he lives in the sewers in this movie. This guy straight up lives in yeah. the sewer, yeah. so he probably gets off his rotty mattress, puts on some clothes, and then like he goes to work. He's not concerned. He's not concerned about fashion. He's not concerned about an outfit that that like he's not concerned about creating an identity for himself. But I think that what I do like is that no, he does not have the white skull on his, on his chest. And I'll get into um, why that works for me in other versions. For me, this works because this guy looks like a guy that has nothing. He's lost everything. He has nothing else to lose. He doesn't care about what he looks like, but on the same time, I, I think that it was a very interesting and very well thought out addition of having all the knives that he has have has the little skull on the handle. Uh,
0: and then another thing which this is something I didn't notice while I was watching the film but I did, but I I I read when I was looking up uh, trivia on IMDb Apparently, apparently, like um, it's very like faded or something. But there's, uh, but apparently, in the fake, uh, uh, fake facial hair that uh, that Saul wears there's apparently like a, a little skull on there, just air to uh, as well to do homage to it, which is interesting. I didn't notice it in the actual film, but uh, um, but
1: apparently that's there. Really? Okay, I'm gonna have to go back and take a look at it. Now yeah. um it's it's interesting to me so in the Thomas Jane version the reason that he's wearing the the black t-shirt with the white skull was that it was the last gift that his son gave to him before he was killed so it meant something to him and in the Punisher TV show I'm not sure exactly where it came about from but from what i've what i've when i've talked to other comic book fans and i've talked to other people that are fans of the movie the the reason that he's got all black but then um this big white skull on his chest is that he's always wearing bulletproof armor underneath so his idea is that he's drawing if he's people are going to be shooting at him they see you know he's all all in black, but he's in the shadows. But then they see this big white skull. They're going to open fire on the skull, and if he's wearing Kevlar or bulletproof vest underneath, he's not going to be—you know—he's not going to be taking direct hits. So to me, that makes sense. Now, do you yeah. do you know what the original Punisher looked like, like back when he was first introduced into the comics? Uh, not, but I
0: don't think so. I, uh, I saw it. I would have guessed he looked about the same as well, Comic Rum, but uh I'm but I'm not sure.
1: So it's something that they've they've lost as of yet and it's something that they don't use in the movies. Um so he had a it was an all black suit, big white skull on the chest, but then he would have big white boots and big white gloves. Oh. And
0: it Oh yeah, I think I've seen that, yeah.
1: So it kind of, it works it works okay for a comic book setting, but I think it yeah. would look, it might look a little silly yes. in a movie. I
0: think, the, I think it's the same thing as like with uh, with um, Batman. A lot of his uh, his original comics, he had like a uh, had a lot of blue in his suit, and but it looks a little ridiculous when they try to do that in a film.
1: Yeah, you know. um and also, I mean, speaking of Batman, the original Robin, poor Robin. Batman's dressed in dark clothes, you yeah. know. <laughs> Robin's
0: yeah, <I'm> just <laughs> thinking about that while you were mentioning the uh, editing. Why Punisher uses the white skull? Oh, that's a long-running joke. that you, uh, that Batman particularly, a uh, put Robin in colorful clothes to have him get shot at.
1: Yeah. So, um, but anyway, let's talk about this movie and why I love this movie. So you brought up Howard the Duck. That came out in, what, 84, 85? Yeah. And then we had nothing from Marvel for years. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, 1989, of all characters, um, they go with the Punisher. And my theory on why they went with the Punisher was... That they put up a lot of money for Howard the Duck, and it did not do well. So, are we going to put up? Do you imagine the kind of budget to make a decent Spider-Man movie would have cost? To make a decent, incredible Hulk movie that would have been a lot, a lot of money. But this,
0: this movie, uh, I don't think. I don't think for Incredible Hulk, you, uh, like, uh, sure they did, they have the '70s series, the uh, '80s, which I uh, I enjoy that, but I don't really consider that to be a good adaptation of the uh, of it. I don't think, uh, I don't think before the early 2000s, you could have done a Hulk film justice because uh, because it would have cost probably uh, probably a billion dollars to get that CG to look good.
1: Right. And and look, people are already p- p- people now are so critical with CGI. Uh, yeah. I happen to, th- I actually happen to really like the first Hulk movie directed by Ang Lee. Is the CGI yeah. the best? No, but I thought that he put together really? a really well-made movie, and uh, I I think the story really holds it holds holds it together, yeah, but yeah,
0: and, but also like like the hardest thing with CGI, yeah, I for big characters is to get them to look right when it's in daylight, and I think Ang Lee uh, did a pretty good job with Hulk in the daylight. Those but, uh, there's a lot of scenes in the daylight in that film.
1: There are, um, and I mean that's like you said that's yeah I mean you can hide things in the shadows you can get away with a lot more but I I, I still think it's not like really action but those scenes of him oh, jumping across the desert oh yeah are just I, it just really really great anyway it, back to the podcast uh, I, uh,
0: I remember when I, I reviewed that on my podcast that like those particular scenes in the desert I was like there's uh, there's something about just seeing Hulk jumping that is just really peaceful to me, uh, and just seeing him jump through different landscapes, that's, uh, and that's like, and, and like a
1: like a serenity feeling, uh, and almost uh, does that make sense? Yeah, yep. Yeah. So so back to the Punisher. So I'm thinking yeah. they're they Marvel still wants to get into the movie game. So, but the, un- I, unfortunately, with Howard the Duck, you know, the, the, they were they were probably thinking, well, wh- who's a who's a character that's pretty popular that we could probably do a decent movie, but keep the budget, and the budget for this was uh, nine million dollars, which um, is nothing in today's compared to. Co- com- compared to what you know, movies cost today. Um, so
0: I, I think you're definitely right with the uh, with the budget thing uh, and being why they chose Punisher. I also think there's another reason why they chose Punisher, and that is that uh, that it is probably the most different you can go from uh, from how howard the duck was howard the duck was uh, was crazy it was uh, it was a comedy film uh, um, and then you, uh, you to go to this that is uh, is dark and and super violent and um for the most part pretty serious i think they uh, i think they thought you know we uh, how it didn't work so well for us to, uh, to do this bright colorful uh, artful comedy film uh, um, let's go in the exact opposite
1: just, uh, direction. I think that I think you just made up a, a very valid point. I, I I think that there was a lot of that talk. They're like, who is the exact? All right, we tried to do something fun and goofy with the, with George Lucas. That work So let's let's course correct and make a a, a complete one eighty and do the most violent. <laughs> and I, I would have had to say that for I mean th- I know that this isn't part of the MCU but this has to be the most non Marvel Marvel movie if that makes any oh, yeah. sense
0: yeah that makes sense I just, like there in, you, know, you know I think I, I think um we had a lot of that with some of the films uh, earlier films before the MCU but but uh, this one particularly gets like Outside of the Punisher, there is literally not a single side character out of the comics I don't I don't believe in it, and that, and there's um barely any references to anything else. There is one which I uh, which I will bring up later in my trivia section, but it uh, but it's mostly a reference to another character as them being a fictional character in the universe.
1: Oh, okay. I'm looking forward to that because I was going to say, I know that in in the comic books and in the series, um, I I, want to say that his name is Microchip. But he's the guy that does a lot of tech stuff for Frank Castle. He's kind of the um, to take a a phrase out of the uh, recent Spider-Man movies. He's the he's the guy in the chair. He's handling surveillance work, and he's handling um, tech upgrades and armor and weaponry. Um, but there, there's none of that. Instead, I, I, I kind of love the fact that his informant in this movie is this drunk guy. And I would say the only humor... Like, this movie is 99% just dark violence, mm-hmm. and I would say 1% there is one humorous scene where he, this guy, his informant was supposed to meet him, and we see the informant wandering down the alleyway, and then we see this little remote control car that has a bottle of booze yeah. on it, <laughs> and I love... Like, I love the way that Dolph Lundgren delivers his lines, because he looks like a man that hasn't slept for a week, that has been up all night, like, killing bad guys, and, like, he doesn't do anything else. He just looks worn out, and he just looks, and he's just like, you were supposed to meet me here four hours ago. (laughs) I'm
0: just like... (laughs) I honestly did not expect that Dolph Lundgren was going to do a good job in this role because uh, uh, to me, a uh, hey, Dolph Lundgren, from everything else I've seen him in and just looking at pictures of him in real life, it doesn't feel like, uh, like Frank Castle to me. I don't really think of Frank Castle as this bodybuilder, but he actually did a really good job.
1: So the thing is, Dolph Lundgren, more so than a bodybuilder, I think he really beefed up for uh, Rocky IV um, to play. But other than that, the man—well, first of all, the man's like a physicist. I don't know; he's incredibly smart. If you look up his credentials, like the guy, the guy—I think he's got a PhD. He's very, very intelligent. He's also like legitimately trained in the martial arts, and so. Not so much that, like I like I said, I think for something like Rocky IV, he really bulked up. He really got really oh, bulky yeah. and beefy. But he looks, he doesn't look like, yeah. yeah. I, and I, I, I don't know if it was the way that they dressed him or anything, but he, I was afraid of that too. I was like, are these action scenes, is he going to be lumbering around? But apparently he did most of his own, um, stunt work and it shows like this guy can move this guy moves like a martial artist and his fight scenes well first of all all the fight scenes in this movie are really really good like better than i better than i expected them to be and i guess that was because instead of hiring actors and then getting stunt doubles they kind of hired Real martial artists and stunt people to do these yeah. to do these fight scenes, and it shows because this th- these fight scenes look like people are actually getting thrown around. These people are actually oh, yeah. getting right. hit. Uh, and,
0: um, two of my notes actually, one of them uh, and um was the uh, uh, how I liked how there was some. Really creative kills in the film, uh, um, which, um, if you know me, I uh, uh, from any of the concerts I put out, uh, uh, that's something I really enjoy in films when there's uh, when there is um, kills in a film that there aren't just like the normal uh, like the normal things you'll see in every film. Go, uh, um, there was some, uh, a fun on uh, like there was one of them where. Um, I think I it was Frank was fighting someone and they uh, and they um, got stabbed on these uh, by, by this like sword stand and um do you remember that? Yep. Yeah. But uh, and then the other thing was that so all of the fight uh, fight sequences were performed by uh, with real contact by the actors to give these uh, fights the sense of realism. Uh, um, I've read on this on IMDb. Uh, and because the Taiyo cushion uh, and Karate Champions, Kenji Yamaki uh, and Hirofumi, uh, 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 a Yama uh, um, sense of, of honor, it would not uh, allow them to fake things. So I thought that was pretty cool.
1: That's, yeah. And and like I said, the action in this movie is, it's so good. And I forgot how interesting this story was. I completely... um, So we've got Frank Castle going up against the Mafia, but Uh unbeknownst to him the Yakuza, the Japanese mafia is coming into the country and they want to take over the Italian mafia. So we've got two and it's very common for, you know, mafia groups to, to war against each other. And if you've seen the Sopranos, you know that the, the the families are constantly going at each other, but to bring in the Yakuza was such an interesting, like that was just a nice little spice to uh, add to this this and, stew. And I really did not expect that they uh, that they
0: would make the main story the the meat of it be uh, about the yakuza kidnapping the kids from all the rest of these uh, uh, these um, uh, uh, these families and there uh, and I really enjoyed that being the uh, thing, the story that they went
1: with for this yes and i i it works perfectly because it actually gives frank motivation because otherwise he could care less i think he says something along the lines of like basically let them kill each other the Uh, the yakuza is going to kill the the mafias the mafias are going to kill some of the yakuza then then i'll show up and i'll clean i'll take on whoever's left but it's The fact that kids are involved and frank being a father that's something that's where he's just like okay i i'm going to get involved now so like that's that's great motivation for someone like frank castle that is the perfect motivation because if it like i said if it was just the mafia and the yakuza he's just gonna sit by he's gonna He's gonna make himself some popcorn. He's gonna sit back, put up his feet up, and watch the war go on. But the fact—listen
0: yeah, to it through that weird, uh, weird little speaker um, thing he has in the uh, has in the <laughs> yes. um, these sewers for some reason.
1: Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> and uh, and and mixed in with all of this is we have um, a great performance. By Louis Gossett Jr. as Frank's former partner, uh-huh. who's uh, tracking, de- who's trying to. He knows everyone else is in like denial. They're like Frank, like like his chief and everyone. They're like Frank Castle is dead. Like th- this, th- this is you know, this is just gangling warfare, and he's the only one that believes. And he gets a new partner, so we get kind of a a buddy cop kind of thing. They're trying to figure out. Um, who it is, and I I think it actually there's a really strong dramatic scene when Frank is locked up and Louis Gossick Jr. goes to see him. This is probably the first time they've seen each other in years, and oh yeah, it's it's actually a really it's really dramatic and the acting is really really good, especially from Louis oh, Gossett. Yeah. Because well, Frank is just sitting there because like Frank's. Frank's kind of like a man that had like with blinders on, like he does not think about anything else other than killing um, bad people. That's it. And Louis Gossett Uh, Jr. is like pouring out his heart to him about how like Frank Castle brought him back from the brink and like Frank Castle made him that the man that he is today. And it's really a, it's a strong dramatic scene and, um,
0: yeah, and, um, to actually make it be as good as it was, um, the, the director, uh, or Mark Goldblatt, uh, uh, um, he purposely kept Dolph Lundgren and Lewis uh, uh, Gossett Jr. away from each other until that scene, uh, in Onset, um, uh, at, um, to, uh, to make the scene feel more authentic and uneasy, uh, the, but apparently, however, in real life, uh, like the two of them actually get uh, get along really well, and it led to, uh, led to the two of them working on a film together called The Cover Up a few years later.
1: Oh, nice! I, yeah. th- I, and you know what that that's a that's a smart directing move right there because it adds to yeah. the realism. Um, yeah,
0: that's uh, that's what uh, that's one of the things that I think is a uh, uh, really cool with the '70s Hulk series is they uh, is um for the most part uh, are they kept uh, they kept um Bill Bixby a uh, uh, Lou Ferrigno oh and then the actor who played the oh plays the main, uh, main like reporter that's following them throughout the series they uh, they kept them all away from each other on set to uh, set to make it really feel like um, they're not uh, uh, they um, like when they're in scenes uh, uh, scenes like it's this um, big thing when they're actually together.
1: Right, and, and I think it also helps to get, to keep them. As three separate individuals, you know, and if uh-huh. you're, if you're, you know, if you're having lunch with Lou Ferrigno all the time, like maybe it, it's it's not, it, it might be a little bit harder to act like, oh my god, it's the Hulk, like when you're just yeah, like, oh, I mean, that's Lou. I just had a sandwich with him, you know. Yeah,
0: it's like, a, a, and like with the Bill Bixby and the Lou uh, Ferrigno, it's like, uh, it's, um, since, uh. uh David Banner, in series, he's not—he's not supposed to be able to remember uh, or what happens when he's in a Hulk form. So, uh, so he doesn't uh, doesn't really know what Hulk looks like until there's uh, is like some pictures in the uh, in the newspaper about it. So, I think it really helps to, to make it think, uh, uh, make his acting work for making him uh, and um. Be more scared of the hawk uh, he doesn't understand that this that
1: the hawk is really like a child yeah pretty much like a muscle yeah like a, a muscle-bound child mm-hmm. um, what um, so for you what were some of the scenes that really stuck out for you in, in the punisher
0: so um I really enjoyed that uh, uh, oh, the scene at the um, Coney Island, uh, or I don't think it was actually supposed to be uh, Coney Island, but this, uh, but this, uh, uh, this like carnival area that he had to fight in. I, uh, I, I really enjoyed the torture scene. Um, the uh, one uh, uh, two scenes that actually were a little bit. Uh, I, weirder scenes to me uh a that ha- uh, that happened. it happens twice in the film once like near the beginning once at the end Is um there's two scenes in the film where you see frank castle meditating naked and it's just and it just felt a little out of place to me
1: <laughs> yeah uh, yeah i remember the <laughs> i remember seeing that as a kid being like oh like, yeah, the first time I saw, like, I've seen this movie so many times now, I'm just like, yep, yeah, that's, uh, Dolph Lundgren, naked, <laughs> met, met it, just naked, and then of all the places to be naked in the sewer, ah, uh, that's can, gross.
0: And that just doesn't feel like something that Frank Castle would be doing, uh, I mean, but it's part of the film of, uh, um... Uh, one thing that I thought was uh, uh, it really stood out to me at the beginning that I thought was kind of cool. So the intro of the film shows uh, oh, was, um, all of these uh, uh, these like pictures of villains and uh, and uh, Punisher or, uh, or shooting them down. And the uh, and reason why this stood out to me is like how the uh, how these uh, is um film pictures were laid out in the uh, and like the fact that there was uh, like all these different colors on them it kind of to me felt a lot like uh, like how marvel studios current intro for all of their films is i and that and, but, uh, but as if it were it done for a punisher film uh, um having him uh, shoot them down after i i thought that was a a really cool little touch to us for starting the film. Yeah, uh, and it's um, cool to see that back then in the '80s, they uh, they also were trying to do something cool like that with the intro.
1: Although I I I have to wonder though, were they trying to be like? Uh well, James Bond has these cool openings. Oh, cool. Uh, why don't we do one for the Punisher? Yeah, He's just fine. blowing they're people. To to a bit yeah, because you that. got yeah. there's like the circle, the target that you got on the screen and everything. Yeah. Um, but did you happen? Yeah, uh, I I uh, before we get into um, I I do want to get into the trivia parts of it. What what parts of the movie? didn't work for you? Would you have liked to seen done uh, differently?
0: Um, I think the main thing uh, well, uh, obviously as I already mentioned, I think it would probably have been better if there wasn't the two seasons of, uh, age of um, <laughs> Dolph Lundgren, Naked, and But uh, but um, I think the only thing that I could say that I think would uh, have really made it uh, a better is I think that there, uh, I think, I, this isn't uh, very much a personal thing, but I would have liked if there was more blood. Okay. I think that, I, I think, um, and this is probably because it was the 80s, but uh, I, I think that for a R-rated film about the Punisher, it was pretty tame in the blood as the, uh, as, I think I've seen more blood on uh, in a in some PG thirteen action films uh, owned nowadays than uh, than how much was in this. R-
1: well, do you know the body count for this movie by any chance?
0: Yes, I I do. I uh, I um that was actually one of the trivia questions I was going to ask you.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I beat you too. What's the what's the body <laughs> yeah, count so- for this movie?
0: Yeah, so, though there are, I think, some more, uh, or there actually uh, a they happen, but they uh, but you don't actually see them, Uh, and the the body count in total is uh, is ninety one.
1: Yep. So it is a very violent movie. It's not so much heavy on the blood, but I have to think that. During the 80s, with all these action movies and with a lot of the horror movies, the MPAA, who gives the ratings to these movies, was so hung up on blood. They seem seem to have a particular stick across their ass about blood and gore during this period of time. They seem to have lessened up on it, and now it's now they're finding more things to get weird about. Blood seems yeah, to be okay. Uh, I want to
0: say, I, re- I remember, that. I thought it was, uh, was really funny. How- so, have you um, watched the newest Thor film?
1: Uh no, I have not.
0: Uh, well, uh, oh, this isn't really uh, this is a spoiler for it. I don't even know if you would care about spoilers. But so there's a scene where uh, aid um there's actually a Very bloody scene in it, but there's a uh, but there's a reason they were able to get away with uh, uh, it being super bloody, and that's because uh, uh, so this was uh, uh, mostly like um, blood from this uh, this city of gods, and uh, and so the blood was golden. Right. So they were able to get around the MPAA rating system because they used golden blood instead of red blood, and I, I think that's hilarious. They were able to who um, break the system
1: like that. Yeah, a lot of filmmakers have to be a little. They have to think outside the box because yes, the MPAA uh-huh. is very weird. Oh my god! But if it's not yeah. red, if it's not red, then it's okay. Yeah, it's, and they think that we're I, stupid. We know that it's blood. Come I on, think, uh,
0: like the MPAA is one of the most interesting and mysterious things I think uh, in. All of filmmaking to me, because because uh, I I just want to get inside their heads of how do they make the decisions that they make? Because M- there's so many things where I'm like, money. I feel like this would make sense to be R rated, but this would make sense to be a PG-13. Well, no. well, somehow it's uh, no,
1: it's not
0: <laughs> like uh, you know. The, uh, the- I've always known that the rules were uh, for a PG-13 film. You could only have one f-word in it but i've there's a few films that i've watched that have multiple f-words in it but are still pg-13 and it just makes me wonder how is that decided
1: uh, I like
0: i don't i don't mind it being pg-13 with the, uh with multiple f-words i i don't think it should be that a that strict but i uh, but i just think it's so interesting how the rules are decided
1: uh, let's, because I would rant and rave about the MPAA, uh, let's, let's get back to the Punisher because, yeah, uh, they, they, frustrate me to no end because they don't make sense and mm-hmm. it's really just, it's all about money because you do know it costs, yeah. it costs money, it costs money to submit your movie to get rated by the MPAA. I uh,
0: did, I did not know that. Yes. But, uh, oh, right, of course it does. To, yes. Okay. You know,
1: so um,
0: the only thing I've actually heard of what the uh, the NPA actually is is that they're like some soccer moms in California.
1: Probably it wouldn't surprise me. It's you know what it's <laughs> yeah. it's, it's probably a really cushy job for someone that knows a politician. bad. So um, yeah. Anyway, back to the Punisher. Uh, <laughs> all right, sorry. but
0: <laughs>
1: now, John, I do have to ask you a question. Now, I have not seen the latest Thor movie, but is it true that we see Thor's butt in this movie?
0: Yes.
1: Now, do you have as much issue with seeing Thor's butt as you do with the Punisher's butt, or just no I think... no butts needed?
0: I think it works better in the uh, in the Thor film but uh um um'cause
1: it it's a, it's like,
0: cause it doesn't it, it doesn't feel out of place uh, this, uh, this it, film that's, isn't uh, it, that is thats a comedy versus this film thats a uh, a film that supposed to be this very serious film
1: yeah it's kind of like it's kind of like the setup for a joke. I think isn't the punchline? Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. No, uh, I I get it. But like on the other hand, it's like, well, what else would the Punisher be doing down there in the sewer? Like he's meditating. He he occasionally is he's taking care of his wounds. He's carterizing his wounds. Um, it's hinted at uh, specifically in the Thomas Jane movie that the the Punisher is a very heavy drinker. Um but you oh, know no. I mean if you're going to be just like uh, chilling in the sewer yeah I I would think you might want at least a little bit of clothes on but yeah it's kind of out of place yeah, especially but,
0: if you're, uh, especially if you're always having like uh, having from going out and fighting you you're always having wounds so uh, like if, if I imagine the uh, the sewer there's probably a lot of germs that'll
1: infect your wounds. <laughs> yes, I was gonna think that. It was like the same thing. I'm like, wow. I, I I hope I hope you're on a heavy regiment of antibiotics like at all time, but um, but yeah, there's just a lot of fun action and an adventure mm-hmm. to be yeah. had with this movie. And oh yeah, I, I wish they'd done
0: a sequel. I think uh, I I think. After this film, if it had been uh, and actually shown in the U.S. in theaters, I don't think it would have done badly. Actually, and I think uh, and I think a sequel probably could have done well. And I feel like they would have uh, they would have for a sequel if they made one, been willing to incorporate more uh, or comic book aspects
1: in it. I think you're absolutely right. And I know that the fact that it didn't get theatrical distribution here in the States really hurt the movie because, yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. The 80s, like we were all about those action movies, all Uh about them. There, there. You know, dozens of them coming out a year, and they did phenomenally. I just think that it was. I'm not sure exactly who the production company is, but they couldn't. They just couldn't afford to have it theat afford to have it theatrically distributed, and I think that really hurt. Um, Another thing I read
0: was apparently there was some kind of contract in place that made it so they legally were not allowed to make a a theatrical release in the United States. I don't know how that what that that was and
1: why that was but that's why i read well we should probably talk about where this movie was filmed in lovely sydney australia that's ah ah, yeah so this movie was entirely filmed in sydney australia so we Uh. have sydney australia dressed up to look like new york city although in my research that map that Lewis Gossett Jr. has in his office where he's got little, uh, he's got um, tax in where every Punisher thing has is actually Seattle. So I'm not sure exactly where this movie takes
0: place. So so not only does uh, uh, this film uh, have a similarity with uh, the two Taekwashi Thor films with having bare asses, but also because it was uh, it was filmed in Australia.
1: I thought there were uh, I thought uh, that was New Zealand that they filmed the Thor movies in.
0: I think there's a bit of both in the in the um, Thor films, but okay. uh, but uh, uh, mainly Australia because um, uh, uh, Chris Hemsworth, who plays Thor, is uh, is Australian, right?
1: Uh, I, I, yeah. I know that probably it was a lot cheaper to film in Australia than to film in I New bet. York City. Um, and
0: uh, so uh, that wasn't probably a problem for the punisher, but uh, but um, for the latest Thor film, um, uh, I know one of the reasons was because Australia uh, uh, has done much better with COVID than the uh, than America has, so they're uh, uh, so. There was a lot less restrictions
1: there. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah. you know, in 1989, I'm thinking it was. Pro- yeah, you it was... don't
0: really have uh, that problem in 1989. Yeah. It
1: was. Pr- it was probably uh, a. Yeah. It was probably uh, a financial decision. Yeah,
0: I imagine. I imagine that uh, probably, if that was the, uh, that was the case, then probably the re- uh, the contractual things for uh, for. Um, releasing it theatrically in America's uh, America is a probably cost uh, uh, it probably a cost sign to um, get out of like some contract for uh, for be a, uh, a mainly released theatrically in Australia uh, uh, but um they uh, they like, unlike with the Thor films where they buy this absolutely massive studio They
1: did have a lot of money to be able to pay those ransoms up. Right. And um, so this movie, yeah, basically it's um, Punisher versus the Mafia. Then the Mafia Mm -hmm. has to deal with the Yakuza. Punisher doesn't care until he finds out that kids have been involved. And once he finds out innocent kids have been involved... Then he goes all out. He actually joins forces briefly with the uh, the head of the mafia to rescue the kids. Uh, That guy, of course, once the kids are rescued, tries to kill him. Then you know the Punisher has no has nothing else to do but to kill him. He goes, you know,
0: which I believe not only is that uh, that head of the mafia that that he uh, um teamed up with is no, he has mafia but also I think a uh, um though it wasn't I don't think it was established well but they I think they're trying to say that that is the exact person who uh, who ordered for or uh, the car bomb that killed, killed Frank's family
1: yeah there are some talks about they don't know exactly who it is but it seems to have been it seems to have been this one family in particular and I know that the head of the family is killed in the the opening of this movie is great. This mm-hmm. action scene in this mansion is fantastic. Oh yeah! Then he just bloat. He great. and it. This might be one of the first times where we see the guy too cool to look back at the explosion. You know, that's become kind of a meme oh, now. Yeah. The guy walks around, walking away slowly from an explosion. So this is 1989, and Frank Castle just steps out. It's great. The news is all there. The the cops and the news are all there. The house is on fire. He walks out, and explodes, and he just it does disappears. It makes me
0: wonder what those uh, what the those news people were playing on doing. Where they play on on illegally bursting into this house because they heard noises from it. Like I don't think that the, uh, I don't think the press is allowed to just. Uh, uh,
1: run into a house like that. No, uh, they are in the movies, though, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But um, what I love about this movie is that this poor kid, he gets rescued by his father and the Punisher. His father... Uh His father goes to kill the Punisher. The kid doesn't want him to do it. And the, the guy ends up getting killed... And then I love the line that he delivers to this little kid. He's like, "Grow up, be a good person, do the right thing, mm-hmm. or I'll be waiting." And I'm like, "Yeah, all right. See, that's and, that's the Punisher right there to me." Yeah, he's like, "I'm not." And,
0: uh, and like, I like how like, he. But, uh, yeah, he- was telling him if you uh, if you're going to kill someone, kill me uh, right now. Uh, yes. Of uh, your system because uh, uh, he knows that himself.
1: It never is stops.
0: the best uh, guy.
1: I forgot about that. He's on his knees and he puts the gun right to. He has the kids yes. holding the gun. And he puts it right to his forehead. Yeah. It's intense like that.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Um. I- and uh yeah i i really think that if this movie had gotten a theatrical release uh, it probably would have done because we're talking night i think i think it would have done really well at the block uh, at, i, I at- think
0: i think it definitely would because it's uh, because it's, uh it's not really a film for that normal uh, at least for the decade uh, i would consider it, uh, it a Niche audience of uh, of comic book fans, uh, and versus how it is now. How uh, I don't think this fan uh, this film was just uh, would have just been that niche because it uh, it more to me fits the, uh, uh, fits the um just a uh, uh, action buddy cop uh, um genre of the 80s that uh, that I think uh, I think. He did really
1: well back then. Oh, yeah. It would have been. And this was the year, um, I mean, we're talking two years after the explosion of Batman to have any sort of comic book movie. And I I, I, I just wonder what kind of help. I, I did read something, and I, I'm not sure if this is true or not, but the director claims that the fact that that they didn't include the white skull had something to do with it, not getting a theatrical release. Although I don't know how accurate that is because I mean, the thing is as much as I like just Frank Castle, not having the white skull, I can only imagine just imagine this teaser poster of just the white skull. And it says coming in 91, the Punisher, like, you don't even have to have oh, yeah. it in the movie, but or even if at the like at the end of this movie, like he decides to take on this mantle of the White Skull, and then use it in a yeah. sequel. Uh, there's so much that could have been done, but I mean, and we yeah. could theorize.
0: I think the biggest thing that actually uh, is very helpful for it is yeah, the uh, you mentioned the Batman thing since he uh, since that was '89 as well.
1: Yeah, well this is 91 so we're talking 2 years after so comic book movies yeah. were people are like okay Bat- Batman blew up like they're probably rushing and that mm-hmm. that led to a lot of misfires in the 90s for, for DC yeah,
0: particularly dark superhero movies right because of the
1: batman right they were t- they were looking at the darker superhero movies and and this was kind of i want to say that this is probably the first rated R comic book movie.
0: I believe so.
1: Maybe. If if yeah. not if not the first, it's one of the first. It's got to be. Uh, I, I I would think so. So I mean, there's um, there's just a lot. This this movie is a lot of fun, and I'm glad you got a kick out of it. Um, does oh. this make you want to? see any other Punisher movies
0: yeah I would definitely be interested in watching the rest of the Punisher films after watching this one um I think I particularly would be interested in watching the um Punisher Warzone film because I think think that one uh, um, though it doesn't have a lot of story from how you describe it I'm guessing it has the amount of blood that
1: I'm looking for it absolutely does And I would also recommend to you and to the listeners go to YouTube and you can watch, I think it's 10 minutes or 15 minutes long, a short, and this is not just like a fan-made movie. This was an actual movie that was made with Thomas Jane reprising his role as the Punisher. It's called Laundry Day and it's... 15 minutes and it's a great little capsule of a Punisher. It's like a mini it's like a mini um, issue of a comic book. It's like it would be like the B story but it's it's well shot it's brilliant it's got the when the violence happens it's explosive and it's bloody. Uh, so I would recommend Laundry Day and for someone like you I definitely would say if you're going to watch something else, watch. You would like Warzone a great deal. I love Warzone. I actually uh, – The Punisher was always one of my favorites, so I'm a little biased. Um, to me, I just think it's an absolute I, – I love the fact that I live in a world where I have Dolph Lundgren. I have Thomas Jane. I'm sorry. I cannot remember the, the guy who plays The Punisher in Warzone. My bad. My bad. Ray um, Stevenson. Thank you who is great as in the role. I mean actually I I want to say and I don't know this for a fact but the opening of Warzone is not the same but it's very similar to the opening of this Punisher in which the Punisher um interrupts a dinner party for, for the mafia and it is brilliant. Very very over the top violence brilliant. um so the and then of of course I I I do enjoy although the series got a little long in the tooth for me I really really love um, John Bernthal as the Punisher particularly uh-huh. in Daredevil season two because I loved Daredevil season one and then. The Punisher aspect of Daredevil season two was the best part of Punisher season two, and if you've sat through all of Punisher season two, you know exactly what I'm talking about because it gets a lot. Uh-huh. It gets ridiculous at points, oh, like yeah. too ridiculous even for yeah. my liking. But John, well, it is time. Think, uh, I'm sorry, please.
0: Oh, I was, uh, I was just gonna say, you know, with uh, with having done uh, I. With you like uh, both Howard the Duck and now uh, this, uh, I I, uh, I think one of the things I'm uh, I'm very interested in seeing is just all of the all of the Marvel films that aren't like super popular or uh, like I've never watched the 2003 Daredevil film or the uh, the I think it's 2004 Electra film uh um and. And it's signed up i will be one of these uh, one of these months, uh, months reviewing with you actually on my podcast the uh, as the nineties a uh, Fantastic Four film. Uh, um, it's uh, it's very interesting to me be, uh, be able to see these uh, these um, films that, that Marvel films that I think most people
1: either they don't know about them. Or they're trying. to off them as
0: bad films. Uh, I, I want to be able to make my opi- own opinion about all of them.
1: Or they're desperately trying to forget them.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would say. Yeah. So
1: this is what I will say about uh, the Daredevil movie: watch the um, the uh, unrated, extended director's cut, okay. and don't even bother with Elektra. Don't. Oh, okay. It's. Uh, yeah. uh, but you know, I think it, it's it's amazing to me the amount of comic book movies out there, and sometimes stuff like this gets lost in the shuffle, uh, particularly yeah, because
0: I feel, I feel like, particularly like the Punisher uh, or this Punisher film, uh, particularly, I think most people don't even know that this one exists. You know, like, uh, like the other uh, the other two, uh, ooh, I think it's uh, it's pretty well known uh, uh, that they exist, but this one, uh, uh, because of the fact that it came out in a time when Marvel films weren't very popular, and it doesn't have that that, uh, uh, that um, I what's the word like insane factor of, of how the duck. I think it's uh, I think it's very much gone on, uh, on as you say, with a lot of those you watch on your podcast under the
1: radar. Right. Um, because I don't I don't think Marvel really ha- has much associated with this movie. I know that oh. Stan Lee and some of the other Marvel executives at the time were involved creatively, mm-hmm. But I well,
0: it actually was uh, Marvel who made it apparently. Because apparently the uh, the um, company that uh, company made this, I think it's called like New World Cinema or something. uh, I apparently that that company is actually uh, a it was owned by Marvel.
1: Wow. Okay. Um, Yeah. So. This movie I just I just found this so we just said this movie did this movie did better at the box office than I thought it would. It it actually it, the budget was 9 million and overall it took in $30 million and that's considering yeah. that um it, it didn't get it, it, it probably didn't get released in the country that it probably would have been the most popular. So I mean yeah, this is Yeah
0: and, and also I don't think there was probably a lot of, uh, of promotion done for the film. So, uh oh. Uh, I imagine if they had actually promoted it uh, as a film, like how much, uh, how much they film should be promoted, I think this easily would have been uh, at least, uh, uh, would have made at least 100 million, uh, and if not 200 million, if they had it actually in. American
1: fan theaters. Right. And I also, I I don't know if there was any behind-the-scenes politics where people were like, Uh well, our most popular comic books at the time are Spider-Man and Captain America and the Avengers and the Hulk and Uh Iron Man. And we got all these bright, we're trying to sell all these bright, colorful characters for comic books. And then we released this movie that is... Just it looks dirty, which I like because it fits the Punisher aesthetic. It's dark, it's grimy, uh-huh. it's violent. Um, so yeah, um, th- there's there we could theorize for hours about what what you know what went wrong here. But the fact that um, it it just this is a good this is what I would call a video store. Um, movie it's oh, the yeah. kind of movie that you get recommended and then you go find it at the video store nowadays it's become a word of mouth movie that you know someone like me reaches out to yeah. you and be like john i know you like marvel comic book movies have you ever even yeah. heard of the 1991 <laughs> punisher movie yeah. you're like no i have not <laughs> and then like yeah. and then here we are talking about it and i'm see I, this is what i love about doing the show is that i i find people that i think I'm gonna try, you know. Maybe they'll like this movie as much as I do, and I'm mm-hmm. so glad that you got a kick out of it. But John, it's oh, that yeah. time of year to show. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a little smash trivia, my friend. All
0: right. So uh, uh, I, uh, I uh, took a whole bunch of things from uh, um, IMDb, and I also created a couple of, uh, of trivia questions myself. Okay. One of those two trivia questions, you uh, like, you already ate out the answer to, but. Um, so, uh, uh, firstly, I, during a flashback, uh, I received Frank uh, and Castle uh, and his family, uh, and his uh, his daughters. Uh, others are both wearing Spider Man pajamas. Uh, as And um, this was done as uh, on to pay homage uh, to Spider Man because Punisher actually first appeared in the Amazing Spider Man number uh, one twenty nine.
1: Wow. Um, okay, that's yeah. that's Except awesome. I was
0: talking about a a, a a reference to another Marvel character, so where the character is probably fictional in the universe.
1: Yeah, that's so interesting. So in the universe of this Punisher movie, Spider Man is a fictional character. Very interesting. Yeah. Okay, I like it. And, what, and you, you got any? There that?
0: was another. Uh, there was another comic book character, not Marvel, but there was another comic book character that is referenced in this film. Um, it and this was actually an ad lib setting from uh, uh, from Dolph Lundgren in the um, torture scene. Uh, and they ask him who sent him, uh, and, and he says, uh, "As Batman."
1: Uh, you are absolutely right. I, I I have a little bit of a. <laughs> I don't know if you have this in your trivia or not, but I I read somewhere that when asked about the movie, Dolph Lundgren said it's. The Terminator meets Batman. That's how he described yeah. the movie.
0: Oh yeah, uh, I, I definitely have that in there as well. Uh, uh, so, um, next thing I have is that, uh, uh, is that the the Coney Island fight scene I mean, was not filmed at, uh, um, in a, a uh, sound stage, but rather it was at, at a at a place called a uh, Coney Island Fun House. Uh, at the uh, at the iconic Sydney Harbor Luna Park, of which um, this building uh, in, still exists as of 2019. Wow. I have no idea if it still exists now, but, uh, but I expect it probably does.
1: I I actually I have some family down in Australia. Maybe I'll shoot them a line and find out if that still exists. That's fascinating. Yeah. So there's like a Coney Island amusement park in sydney australia that's, yeah, that's wild nice. i was gonna say because of all the things that like make like the we we discussed that this movie was filmed entirely in australia it looks and feels like new york city like they oh, did a, yeah. they did a good job of making it feel that way and that 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 really? just you I mean that's just the cherry on top right there that the fact that they have like a coney island uh, amusement park in sydney that's so cool uh-huh. Uh, you got any more trivia, first, John?
0: Yes. So the next thing is that one of the only times that this actually screened in the U.S. was during a triple feature that also had, uh, had an episode from the 1990 Flash TV show and uh, and the film The Diver.
1: Really? Uh, That's an odd triple feature.
0: Yeah, it was apparently part of a comic book, uh, comic book like um, convention, and it was uh, mentioned that it was done as a triple feature back in the nineties. So, com- uh, and, go- which I think that's actually where the nineteen ninety one release date came from.
1: Okay, that I'm gonna say something completely off topic. I happen to love the nineties live action Flash series. I remember my parents let me stay up late the the to watch the debut episode. I was so hyped for that show, yeah. but uh, I,
0: I haven't actually watched it yet. But I that's one thing I've been wanting to watch. Obviously, uh, 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 um, I've seen uh, I've seen the actor uh, who plays him in that uh, at he returned for the uh, the current Flash series and. He's incredible in that. So, I've been, uh, so I have been really wanting to go back and watch that 90s series.
1: You will not be disappointed.
0: Uh, and then the next thing uh, I I have is during the promotion for the French theatrical release of this film, Dolph Lundgren did a parody of the film with a cult comedy group called Les Newells, which is apparently similar to uh, Saturday Night Live. Uh, I've, and this sketch was called Lake Cornisher, uh, which is apparently a play on words, just meaning the crybaby.
1: <laughs> I love it. Is there footage of this anywhere? Please tell me there is. I
0: have no idea. Oh no! So you'll probably be able to find something on on YouTube. I'd be surprised if you couldn't.
1: Oh man, I right.
0: I kind of want to see that. And then the trivia question I have, uh, I have is, um. This is the second film starring off London was it was based on a comic book or cartoon
1: Masters of the, the Universe Masters of the Universe yeah. uh yeah, another another idea. favorite of mine as a kid uh
0: I I to watch that film uh, it looks uh, looks really fun
1: It's it's more it's it's darker and violent than you would expect from a Masters of the Universe movie. I will tell you that, and that's probably why me and my brothers absolutely loved it as a kid. Uh, it's it's good. It's it's. Um, I have to say, I've been kind of on a Dolph Lundgren kick. Did you ever see a movie he call did called I Come in Peace?
0: No, I don't think I have.
1: That's a good one. Uh, It's got another title, uh, Night Angel or Dark Angel. I don't know. I like the title, I Come in Peace, because there's an alien that comes down to Earth, and he's making a synthetic drug made out of the endorphins endorphins that we have in our mind. So he's killing people, stealing their endorphins to make a synthetic drug. He wants to have the entire galaxy addicted to the drug that he makes— uh, but the only things that he can say are, I come in peace. So it's this big, tall guy that will walk up to you and say, I come in peace. And you would be like, oh, okay. And then he'll, like, decapitate you. So it's uh, right, huh? pretty badass. Uh, any more right. trivia first, John?
0: That is, uh, that is the last of my j- uh, high trivia.
1: All right. Well, um, I have some trivia for you, Jonathan. May, okay. I, may I call you Jonathan? Or is I overstepping my bounds?
0: <laughs> I'd rather John, but whatever you want, yeah. John. I've never really been called all uh, Jonathan in my life,
1: though. So. Oh, okay. Uh, is it is it similar to you? I uh, everyone calls me Chris, but when I, when I heard my mom say Christopher, when I got the full name, I knew I was in trouble.
0: I I've uh, I've never uh, uh, if anything I get uh, I uh, anything my parents would uh, would use my. My middle name as well, because my my legal name is John, uh, but um, so uh, which my middle name aim is Athanasius. So there would be uh, if I was you knew I was in trouble out here, John Athanasius.
1: That is a dope middle name. My <laughs> that's oh, yeah. real. That is dope. Um, yeah. so I got a couple. I um, I have two. Two people that were considered prior to hiring Dolph Lundgren. One of which, um, are you familiar with the Highlander movies?
0: I have heard of them. I have not seen them.
1: Okay. Christopher Lambert, best known for the Highlander movies, was cast but injured his ankle and therefore was unable to do the role. And this one... Thank God this didn't happen. But Steven Seagal was also considered. Ugh. Yeah. No. Thank you. Yeah. If, uh,
0: yeah. Probably if uh, if Steven Seagal had been uh, in the star of this film. I probably would have turned you down asking me to come on for this episode.
1: Well, well, John, I'm not going to lie to you. If Steven Seagal <laughs> was the star of this, I wouldn't have asked you to. I wouldn't have asked you yeah. to do this okay. movie. So, <laughs> I uh, I, have, I have honestly
0: uh, I've grown to a uh, kind of like despise uh, as of uh, Steven Seagal as an actor because he because uh, um.
1: Because he's not good?
0: Well, well yeah, that's sad, but also because, uh, also, so, my dad, he was a massive fan of Steven Seagal, but basically all of Steven Seagal's films were not films that should be shown to children at right. all. Um, So, he insisted that we would watch those films, even though he was someone who had a very strict rule about... Uh, rules about um, how appropriate films could be that we were going to watch, uh, uh, but for some reason those rules were not uh, uh, were not in place for uh, Stephen Seagal's films. Uh, um, so uh, but um, so we would watch those films, but we would just skip around every scene where there was nudity in it. So like uh, like half the films we would watch with Steven Seagal in them. It was. Uh, it would be like twenty minutes that we actually get to watch the film. And, and it's like, uh, and it just got to a point where I am just like, "Another oh, Steven Spielberg film we got to watch." Was Why this? Why are we watching this? If it's if we're only going to be able to watch twenty minutes, we're not going to get any of the story.
1: Now, be honest, John. If you came home with a disappointing report card, was your dad like, "All right, that's it. Steven's a call time." You're getting punished, young man. I'll teach you to study. Um, oh,
0: man, no. Uh, no, the, um, I, 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 I never had any kind of uh, punishments like that. More so if I have punishment, uh, uh, punishment for not doing well at school, it was more uh, for like six months I was not allowed to watch any TV.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm never going to cover Stevenson Call movie on my oh, show God, ever. God. I have covered one Jean Claude Van Damme movie, but I put him on a higher level than Stevenson Seagal But that's I just think me. The
0: only thing, the only thing that has Stevenson Seagal in it that I'm willing to, uh, willing to watch mainly because he's not really a big part of the film, and obviously not uh, I, obviously, the star of it is.
1: Executive he
0: plays, Decision. Uh, he plays the
1: villain in Machete. Oh, okay. I was gonna say Machete. Yeah, Machete is good. Uh, I also like Executive Decision because he gets cut in half in the first <laughs> first third of the movie, which is awesome. So <laughs> those two, those are the two to check out. Uh, one last little bit of trivia. A pre-fame Nicole Kidman was um, rumored to be up for a role, not sure exactly who. Uh, if I had to guess, I'm thinking that maybe she was either up for Louis Gossett Jr.'s partner or... Or maybe as uh, in flashbacks as Frank Castle's wife, uh-huh. but that's yeah. that's about it. John, any final thoughts on the Punisher nineteen ninety one?
0: Um, I'm uh, I'm very glad to have, to have finally watch this film. I think uh, I. I think it is so cool. You know, look back at all these uh, these um, Marvel films that, uh, that I have not seen before, and it also uh, also as with a lot of the films I have, uh, I have done previously on my podcast, like uh, uh, it, it it gives me a glimpse, uh, if so maybe not a great glimpse because because uh, a lot of the films I watch are are pretty ridiculous films, but but. Uh, uh, it gives me a glimpse into what uh, uh, um, the differences in how life was what uh, uh, like back in the '80s. Since I was not, uh, I was not alive in the '80s. I was, uh, I was born, uh, or in 2001. So, uh, uh, so it's it's cool to me going back and watching these films that I've uh, I've never seen before. That, that you get uh, get a little bit of an idea of how uh, how different people acted and different uh, different that. Diddy looked and stuff from these uh, these different decades.
1: You know, you just said something that really struck me. As far as when I started doing my show like you 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 had the game analysis you have your smash trivia you have uh-huh. you have your niche you have l- what you cover on your show so when i was thinking of doing my show i'm like well what am i going to cover because you need to be you you know as well as i do you need to be unique or else you're just going to fade oh, yeah. into the background with everything else so i'm like i realized that cult movies and I've said this time and time again, have come from all decades, all genres, all different just movie studios from different directors, from these actors. So, like, for me, I like going back. Like, I used to have this thing kind of when I was in my teens and 20s where I didn't want to watch any old movies because they're old. I only want to watch the new cool stuff. And um, I had that
0: same thing
1: throughout my all of my team. Yeah, well, I think we all go through that period. So for for me to come out the other side, and now I'm talking about movies from I, I we covered a movie from the 40s for God's sakes on my show. So like, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and I'm really glad that you got yeah. a kick kick out of this movie. Um, once again, where can we find you on uh, Smash? You and Smash Trivia.
0: You can find me on uh, on most uh, of uh, major major uh, podcast platforms. Uh, Smash Trivia presents the Gamma Analysis. You can find me on uh, on social media. Uh, uh, um, some of them will be at, at Smash Trivia, and then some of them is at Smash Trivia John. Uh, and I also... Uh, you can cut this out if you decide uh, if you decide you don't want this. But I'm uh, but I have a Patreon now but, uh, where I do some extra content. Which uh, which one of the things I do on there is something I think your audience might uh, i be interested in. And uh, in, um, I doing uh, I do reactions once a month to uh, uh, um, films that would be uh, considered by most people either B movies or bad movies, and so. Uh, uh, a lot of cult films, which uh, um, would be probably a part of that. Uh, so, uh, I think uh, some of your audience might enjoy that. Uh, but again, as I said, ad, if you want, you can cut that out because that because uh, you may not want it, uh, on, um me telling your audience uh, to buy my Patreon.
1: No, uh, I'm keeping it in, uh, and I'm gonna. Ha- I know that your Patreon is linked to your Twitter. I am, of yeah. course, going to have John's Twitter. Linked in the episode description here. At the very least, please follow him, and if you enjoy, yeah. hi- and if you enjoy what he does, please support him on Patreon. I'm absolutely yeah, not. I, I, am not. I no, no, no. The, the, the thing is, as us indie podcasters, we need to work together, and I would absolutely never do anything like that. So please,
0: uh, at, uh, I would not have. Uh, I would not have been annoyed if you did uh, if you had cut it out because I, I know some people they don't want someone shilling on their uh, on their podcast.
1: Listen, if you like Smash Trivia John and you want to support him for free, go follow him on twitter listen to his free shows and if you really like what he's doing and you want to support him then by all means please support his patreon um i'm gaining nothing by this other than the fact that i enjoy talking movies with john so um like i said for free just follow him on twitter you will not be disappointed and if you are a fan of hulk and the upcoming she hulk series and you're not following him on Twitter? Then I don't know what's wrong with you, <laughs> because this man is on this man is on top of it. John, I'm not going to be dropping this for a couple episode a uh, couple weeks. So we're talking tail end of August. By then, how many episodes of She Hulk? Are, uh, are... There
0: will be out um Let me see. Uh, there there should be uh, uh, there should be two episodes out of She Hulk. Uh, uh, uh. Depending on what day you uh, release it, it as, uh, as the last week of August, there will be a She-Hawk episode out, uh, out
1: will be on the 25th. Okay, so yeah. for the Cult Film Companion, my name has been Chris from Smash Trivia. This has been John. Thank you so much for joining me to talk about The Punisher. And we- Thank you
0: for having me on again.
1: Oh, you're quite welcome, sir. It was my pleasure. Do yourself a favor and uh, watch something weird and cultish uh, next time you pick out a movie. And if you haven't, and if you're a fan of The Punisher and you haven't checked out Punisher 91, I don't think you're going to be disappointed at all.
0: Uh, it, now, uh, one thing I do want uh, to uh, quickly say before I uh, uh, yeah, this off, if you do call, oh, and um, follow my Twitter uh you will probably find that uh, every once in a while I am uh, I am posting also uh, about how I am very much uh, uh, attracted to, uh, to She-Haul. So,
1: oh, uh, if that's not something you're comfortable with, you may not want to follow me. Listen, man, the heart wants what the heart wants. <laughs> no, no judgment here. No judgment here. <laughs> As far as I'm concerned, you would be two consenting adults, so it's all good. it's all good, my friend. And I, I I have not I can't top that, so I really can't top that. So we're just gonna end the episode right here. Good night.
0: All right.